0: so over the next four weeks, I want to I take this time to talk to us about handling tough times. Now today, we're going to talk about how to handle loneliness. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about how to handle betrayal. Uh, the third week, we're going to talk about how to handle disgrace. And the fourth week, we're going to talk about how to handle obscurity. And I believe that as we go into the Word of the Lord, we're going to begin to see some things uh, that we've not seen before. So would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Luke, the first chapter. And as you're doing that, let me greet our campuses today. We welcome you. We're glad you're with us today. I'm believing that today, that as you listen to the Word of God as I preach it here, that you are going to be changed. That your life is going to be brought to a new place by the power of the Spirit of God. So get ready today to hear what God is going to say to you. The book of Luke, the first chapter, beginning in verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, if we were to stop right there, you would say this couple has it together. I mean, you read those, those couple of verses there and you go, they, they have got it. Everything's going well. But, but look in verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Just in the moment of time, God kind of switches the whole thing and says, I want you to understand that as great as it looks on the surface, there's something that's happening beneath the surface that you don't understand. And, and as you begin to look at that, what you find is, is that childlessness in that society, especially in the Jewish tradition, was one of the worst things that could happen to somebody. Now, and now in our society, uh, those of you who have dealt with barrenness or those of you who have dealt with uh, going through maybe a miscarriage and those kind of things, it's a devastating thing to go through but even so much more in this day and age because it was literally to the point that that if if a wife did not bear children within the first year or so, that the husband could just walk out, divorce her simply because he could just leave. He he didn't have to make any excuse. Everybody understood, and he just left. And yet, when I began to look at this, I said, you know what? The, The underneath current of this whole story is loneliness you think about that for a minute can can you imagine that when Zachariah gets up and he goes to the temple to do the the business of the the temple and he's there all day long and Elizabeth is at home now remember they don't live in gated communities like we live in and you know houses that we shut ourselves in they're in a village they've got got walls that go about two thirds of the way up they've got a door uh, that's wide open they've got windows that's wide open and you can hear everything that's going on in the little village in which you're living And, and can you imagine during the day as Elizabeth is at home, she's by herself, and, 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 she, and maybe the, the neighbor next door has just had a new baby, and, and she hears that baby cry, and she she hears that mama talking to that baby. Can, can you imagine the loneliness that she must have felt at that moment? I, I can't begin to identify with, with what that must have been like. Can you imagine Zacharias coming home in the afternoon and, and seeing a father out teaching his son a skill or, or playing with his son, and, and there's a loneliness on the inside of Zacharias as he as as he loves his wife and they love each other and, and and they're walking with God and they're in obedience to the Lord but there's just something in their life that's not right, quite right and I want to tell you something this morning let me just just break it down for you just because you live for God just because you walk in obedience to the Lord does not mean that sometimes you're not going to feel lonely You say, what what does it mean to feel lonely? Well, it's just that empty, unwanted feeling that that so many of us have. It's feeling like we're just so unimportant. And, And you can even be in the midst of hundreds and even thousands of people and still be lonely. You can be with your best friends and still. You can be with that one that you love, that one that you've married to and committed your life to, and yet you can still experience loneliness. But I want to tell you, there there are some things that we need to do when we go through those times. Let me say this to you today. If you've never experienced loneliness, I'd like to know your secret. Because I don't know anybody that doesn't at times go through those moments where they feel like they, they can have a, a great companion, they can have great friends, they can have a great church family. All of those things can be there, but there are those moments, there are those times in our lives where it just, it's just feels like it's just us and nobody else is there. How do we get through that? How do we continue to live in those moments when we're going through that? Some of you today, that's where you're at, and you're barely hanging on. You're just saying, man, if one more thing happens, if I have to go through just something else, I, I um, was given something this morning by one of the young men. He said, "Pastor, I, th- I think you ought to read this," and he said it'd encourage you. I don't know if he knew what I was preaching or or whatever. And and it was a uh, about four years ago we sent out a, a a newsletter, and it was a testimony of a lady. In fact, it was his mother that was given the testimony, and she said. I had come to the point that my life was over she said I had decided to commit suicide and to end my life and she said but I just kept hearing God say give me one more chance and she said I had heard about Love and Truth Church and she said I came to that church and she said about the second or third time there she said pastor call me out and said if you'd give God just one more chance He'd change your life. And she said, because of that, she was getting ready to go on a missions trip. She said, not only has my life been changed, but she said, people around me and people I'm going to impact have been changed. Now, the rest of that story is this. She was young. She was, I think, younger than I am. This last year, she passed away. But you know what? In those four years or so, that she found... A place to handle her loneliness God brought her to a place that now one day again we're all gonna see her and and see that that's the thing that the enemy wants to do the enemy wants to get you so focused on the moment that you miss out on what the rest of life is about and so I want to I want to share with you this morning five things real quickly And what do you do when you're going through this process of loneliness? Would you look in verse 8? We're just going to continue through this chapter. Would you look in verse number 8 and 9? It says, So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, that's an interesting passage. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Why are you telling us, reading us that scripture? Here's what I want you to see uh, about that. It says, while he was serving as a priest. The number one thing you've got to do is that you've got to find meaning in service. Now, don't miss this. See, there, there are too many of us who, who we have a job. How many of you have a job? All right, now I set you up. You shouldn't have a job. You should have work. A job will kill you. A job will wear you out. A job is nothing but punching a clock, putting in the hours, and TGI man, I can't wait. Right? Thank God it's Friday. Why? Because we've never understood. Do you know what the Word of God says? Here's what God says in His Word. Don't work as unto man but work as a service unto God. So when you get up tomorrow, I don't care if you're a banker or a lawyer, uh, if you're a sanitation engineer, it, de- it doesn't matter if you're a school teacher, it, whatever it is that you do tomorrow, when you get up in the morning, you have a decision to make, and that is this. I am going to live my life to bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, or I'm just going to get through another day and I'm just going to barely make it through. See, when you find meaning in service, all of a sudden you begin to look at life differently. I, 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 can, I can just tell this morning that, that some of you need to hear this. Because you need to understand that your life is not just uh, about what you do for a couple of hours on Sunday or a midweek service, and that's the only spiritual thing that you do, but literally day in and day out of your life, that when you live your life as a service unto the Lord, that everything that you do brings glory to God, your Father, if you understand that. And and so so there's this whole process when when I don't have it all together and things are closing in that i've got to continue to live i've got to continue to find meaning in what i am doing day in and day out of my life but look in verse 10 it goes on it says and the whole multitude of the people were praying now watch the next word outside at the hour of incense then an angel of the lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense they're outside he's inside and when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. That's, a, that's an understatement. No, come on. Don't just read it. Look at it. How many of you know tomorrow, if you're at work and all of a sudden an angel shows up, you might be troubled too? Uh, you know, people say, oh, I've been praying to see an angel. Man, seeing an angel is a fearful thing. Every time, I mean, just about everywhere they show up, the first two words are fear not. All right? But when the angel said, "But then the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The second thing you've got to do during this season is that, that you've got to maintain your walk with God. Now, now, I, I know this, this is very simple and elementary, what I'm teaching you today, but I want you to get it because it, it doesn't matter what's happening in life. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. Listen, anybody can live for God when everything's great. When everybody loves you and everybody's treating you right and you got plenty of money in the bank and the kids are acting right and all this stuff. Man, anybody can live for God then. You know, you come to church and they sing your five favorite songs. I mean, you're you're just, oh, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's take it. But wait a minute. When you get by yourself, things aren't the best. And things aren't happening the way that you want them to happen. Do you continue to live for God then? Zacharias just continued. He continued to do the same thing. He got up every morning. He worshiped God. He offered incense, which is prayer. He, he, he read the Word. He, he did those just those simple things. Listen, I want to tell you something. When you get into trouble it's when you quit maintaining your walk with God. Day in and day out, it is just getting up and saying, Lord, I am going to live for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be obedient to you. Lord, today I am going to serve you with everything in my life, and I'm not going to allow the circumstances of loneliness or anything else to keep me from living for you because I know what you have done for me. I know that you saved me from my sin, and I refuse to give up just because it's getting a little tough. And and you just come to that place of just saying, God, I'm going to walk with you. In the good times and the bad. Wonderful times, horrible times. I'm going to walk with you. You know what I found out about salvation? Most people get saved in a crisis. Most people get saved in a crisis. Most people, their life falls apart and go, oh, God. Right? And then we think once we get saved, we should never have to do that again. Let me just help you. You will. You're going to have those old God moments. You're going to have those moments when you can't pray those King James prayers. You know those, don't you? Oh, Heavenly Father, we loveth thee as today as Godeth. We praiseth thee, O Lordeth. You are wonderfuleth. Thanketh thee as Jesuseth. There are moments when you can't pray those. There are moments all you can do is go, oh, God, show up. And you're done. I mean, that's the entirety of the prayer. Why? Because you have have come to that place just as Zechariah. He was disappointed. He had not received what he had wanted. He had not had happen in his life what he wanted to happen. But he still maintained his integrity with God. He still maintained his walk with God. He still showed up and did what God told him to do. Third thing you've got to do is found in the 23rd verse, if you'll just skip down just a little bit. It says, so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, now, again, interesting scripture, but I want you to see the third thing. And that is, you've just got to continue living life. I, how many people want everything up here? And, and you're not, you're not going to like what I'm going to say now, okay? So just get ready. Reach down, grab seatbelt, hook it up. We're going on a ride for a minute. What I found out about people, most people don't want you to tell them the truth, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Get it? Ready? Hang on. Life is not what you see in Hollywood movies. Chick flicks, they drive me crazy. I go every once in a while just to get on the good side of my wife. But I hate them. I mean, they just drive me nuts. If they're not shooting somebody in the first five minutes, I'm out. (laughs) And I have to sit there for two hours watching, you know, all that sweet. My teeth start getting cavities. It's so sweet. (laughs) we, We started off that way. We started reading fairy tales to our kids that said, and they lived happily ever after and yet I found out in the first five years of my life it wasn't happily ever after See, you you just have to continue living life Let, let me let me break it down for you pretty much you're not gonna like this part pretty much life is just routine you get up you go to work you do your work stuff you come home You do your stuff at home, you go to bed, you get up, you go to work, you do your work stuff, you come home, you do your home stuff, you go to bed, and it's Wednesday. (laughs) Right? And then every once in a while a vacation comes along. If we could just live on vacation. No, vacation would become routine if you stayed on it. Pastor, I, I, you know, I've just been looking and I think you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. No, the grass is greener over the septic tank. <laughs> Do I need to explain that to anybody? You just continue living life. He just got up. He went home. He, he didn't change everything about his life, even though he, he received a word from God, a great word from God. But he, but he just continued to live life. He, he didn't quit his job and uproot his family and move 7,000 miles away. He just continued to do what he'd been doing before he got the word from the Lord. I, I, I'm often amazed at people. I got a word from God. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, I, man, I'm, I'm moving to East Jehunga. Well, won't you hang on? I mean, God may take you there, but won't you just hang on and just continue to live life the way you're supposed to? And in that, then God can bring blessing to your life. Look look in verse 24. It says now after these days his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself 5 months saying, "Thus the Lord has dealt with me." in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. The the 24th verse says, Now after these days his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months. The fourth thing that you need to know is that you need to understand the hidden times of life. For five months, she's hidden away. For five months, nobody sees her. But during that five months, something is happening on the inside of her. Everybody has a tendency to like the limelight. Let me strut across the stage of life and let people see me. I I shouldn't confess this, but, but this week there was a documentary on the Rolling Stones so I couldn't get any satisfaction from all the food I'd eaten so I thought I'd oh come on work with me <laughs> and, and I watched Mick Jaggers he's 738 years old <laughs> and, and they've you know the guitar players drawn some many drugs his face is leather and I just watched a bit of it. and I was sitting there going, what, what is the deal? These guys, you know, it's, and, and yet our society, we so are enamored. Who cares about Lindsay Lohan? Who gives a rip about Lady Gaga? I mean, we, we get so, you don't have to agree, I don't care. Uh, we, we get so caught up with, with people who are public and whatever, and yet in the midst of that, we miss the understanding that it's the hidden times of life that produce what God's going to produce in you. Ask David about a cave called a ask him about the years that he spent running for his life when everybody said he must be out of the will of God. He can't be the next king. There's nothing right in his life, and he's hidden away with 400 deadbeats. They owe everybody and their dog. The law's out trying to find him, and yet he is spending time in a cave. He is spending time running away from King Saul. But all of a sudden, in the moment when God got ready, it was the hidden time of his life that brought him in a day to be the leader of all of Israel. It's the hidden times. When I first began to pastor in Adamsville, seven years, I didn't preach anywhere. I didn't go anywhere else. Nobody asked me to come. And if they'd asked me to come, I didn't need to go because it was the hidden time of my life. It was where God said, go over here, hide away you can't mess it up too bad because there's not too many people and i'm not going to give you too many until you get it right and and he just worked a bunch of junk out of my life for seven years and then he began to bring in growth begin to bring in change all the things that begin to happen but it was this it was the hidden times that has produced all the things that i've seen over the past few years that i would have never dreamed I didn't like the hidden times. I didn't like being shut back away. But there's something that takes place. There is something that's being conceived inside of us when we are out of the limelight, when we are hidden away. And yes, it's a lonely time. It's a time that nobody wants to go through. But I promise you, if you will allow God to do his work in the hidden time, when he brings you out, there is going to be something released that is going to change the face of the world. But you got to understand. you got to understand, Joseph, you've had a dream. You're probably 14 or 15 years of age. It's probably going to be that long, maybe a little bit longer, before you ever see that dream. You're going to go through a pit. You're going to be lied on in Potiphar's house. And you're going to wind up in prison. But when you come out, your dream that you had as a young boy is going to be resurrected and in one day, you are going to become the co-regent with Pharaoh and you are going to rule and your life is literally going to change the face of the entire world from that day forward. But you've got to understand the hidden times. Number five. Look at verse 41. It says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The fifth thing you've got to do this morning in your life is that you've got to be filled with the Spirit. You say, Pastor, that one, what do you mean? Do you remember where Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, it's not good for me to remain with you? He said, I need to go away so that the comforter can come. I need to go away so the one that's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you, is going to come into your life. I, I want to tell you, there are moments in your life where there's, everybody may be around you, your family may be there, your closest friends, uh, your church people, whatever it may be. But I want to tell you, there are those moments when the only thing that can give you comfort is the power of the Spirit of God. Because He's the only one who understands what you're going through. He's the only one who knows what you're up against. Listen, let me tell you something. Everybody feels lonely. Some of us hide it better than others, but everybody goes through it. I heard a story recently. I said a mom walked in on Sunday morning and said, son, get up. It's time to go to church. He just laid there. She shook the bed and said, son, get up. It's time to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, it's Sunday morning. We're going to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, don't to to church. She said why don't you want to go to church? He said, nobody down there likes me. I don't want to go. She said, You're going. He said, Why should I go? She said, Two reasons. Number one is you're 45 years old. And number two, you're the pastor. I've had those mornings. I've had those times that the last thing I wanted to do was stand on a stage and preach another sermon. Over the past two and a half months, this sermon had been put together and had been prepared quite a while back. And I thought God had just given me some good ideas to preach and some good words that would help people. And all of a sudden I entered into a season my wife still loved me she was there my family was there my friends were there the church was there but all of a sudden I entered into the last two and a half months of just times where I felt like I was alone even guys who have been my closest friends for years I would call them and They would listen and they would try to speak counsel and wisdom to me, but it it was just like the whole thing was closing in. And God said, look at your sermon. I said, Lord, I I really don't want to look at a sermon right now. He said, look at the sermon. And so I pulled the sermon out, and I began to see what you're supposed to do when you're going through one of those seasons. And so I said, well, if I'm going to preach it, maybe I ought to live it. And I just got up, and I started doing what the word that I was going to preach on this Sunday had already said to me. And you know what I found out? It's not just a good sermon. It really works. If you will do what I say, what I have preached this morning... I can tell you from my own experience over the past two and a half months that God will bring you out and you will find out that weeping may endure for the night but joy is coming in the morning I want to encourage you today not to allow the loneliness of the moment to blot out the perspective of eternity of what eternity really is don't allow a moment you know the bible says this life is a vapor it's like the fog that settles on the grass and As soon as the sun comes out, the dew's gone. That's what life is. You've got a choice. Here's what the Bible says, and we're going to close. The Word of God says, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will, come on, rejoice and be glad in it. I want to challenge you. You who are here and those who are watching this morning, I, I want to challenge you today. Get up every day. Make a choice. Lord, today I'm going to rejoice and be glad in